0: Hello and welcome to Fresh Dialogues. I'm Alison van Degelen. I don't know about you, but I found it hard to focus on anything else these last two weeks as the climate conference took place in my home city of Glasgow. Although the deal isn't perfect, I have three reasons for hope. This week on Fresh Dialogues, I'm sharing those reasons and a recent conversation I had with Vivian Nunes on the BBC World Service. Her reporting from Brazil also gives me hope and underlines our need for an action mindset on climate. What's an action mindset? On a personal level, an action mindset is the belief that our actions can change the future, that our abilities are not fixed but can be improved by a biased action. That applies to both our individual futures and to that of the planet. The promises made in Glasgow must now be followed up by action – Dr. Martin Luther King said it best, an idea without action is like a bow without an arrow. So here are my three reasons for hope after Glasgow's COP26. 1. Renewal of international collaboration. The cooperation in Glasgow was in stark contrast to the nationalistic trends we've witnessed around the world in recent years. The unexpected joint statement by the US and China gave me hope, as well as the final agreement which requires countries to come back next year with even more ambitious plans. Number 2. Private sector driving change Mark Carney's announcement of a $130 trillion commitment from financial institutions is significant. Enlisting the private sector to finance the transition to net zero is crucial, but it also needs to stop funding for fossil fuels. Regulation could accelerate that change by penalising institutions for holding dirty fuel assets on their balance sheets. Number three, the deforestation agreement. This historic deforestation pact was signed by countries that account for 85% of the world's forests, including Brazil. The agreement aims to conserve and speed up restoration and increases investments to promote sustainable forest management and support for indigenous communities. It adds about $19 billion in public and private funds, including big contributions from the Ford Foundation and foundations led by Jeff Bezos and Mike Bloomberg. One powerful speech in Glasgow that caught my attention was that of a 24-year-old climate activist from Brazil who accused global leaders of closing their eyes to climate change. The animals are disappearing, she said. The rivers are dying. Earth is speaking. She tells us we have no more time. She urged leaders to think of people like her in the front line of the climate emergency and she shared a moving story about a dear friend who has been murdered for protecting the forest. Sadly, her friend is one of thousands. The three largest rainforests in the world are located in the Amazon, the Congo River Basin and Southeast Asia. Together they absorb about one-third of carbon dioxide emissions. In 2020, the world lost a staggering 100,000 square miles of forest, a swath of land bigger than the United Kingdom. So is there a role for the private sector to step in where governments have failed? The key to stopping deforestation is making forests worth more alive than dead. President Biden said in Glasgow, We're going to work to ensure markets recognise the true economic value of natural carbon sinks and motivate governments, landowners and stakeholders to prioritise conservation. The BBC's Vivian Nunes spoke to Robert Moga of the Agarapi Institute about the fate of Brazil's rainforest and the urgency of taking action to reverse current trends. Although land clearing for mining and agriculture has increased under Brazil's President Bolsonaro, there is reason for hope. Nunes' interview with the nonprofit emergent was powerful. The organization acts as a middleman between corporations and the forests' indigenous communities. Here's a short clip of our discussion on the BBC World Service. So to sum up, would you say that there needs to be a very economics-driven, a finance-driven approach to saving a forest like the Amazon rather than just posturing by governments or political pressure? Yes, I I do think one of the most important tools we have to try to shift course and get on a low-carbon trajectory across the economy is to align the economic incentives that private companies face or that landowners in Brazil face. We need to make forests worth more alive than dead, and that means changing the incentives. And that's what the LEAF model is trying to do. But we also need to change those incentives throughout the economy so that it is more profitable to go after low-carbon technologies than to continue to use high-carbon ones. Nat Cohane of the not-for-profit Emergent speaking to me there. Alison, what do you make of this idea of creating a kind of middleman, somewhere that uh, big corporates can channel their cash to try and cancel out what they're doing in terms of carbon emissions? Do you think that can work? I I love the idea of this market-led solution. It makes a lot of sense, but I just can't help feeling it's a drop in the ocean. The emergence program needs to be scaled up and fast. I love the idea of making Brazil a green economic superpower, but I think the answer might be more private sector and government programs to help local people work the land sustainably. A change in government next year in Brazil will help that. Uh, the sooner we can get Bolsonaro out of there and uh, someone that's more uh, sympathetic to the environment and you know appreciative of the, the role that the rainforest plays in ecology and economy would help. Also, I think public, private and nonprofit profit partnerships like the one Google and the Igarapi Institute formed to map Brazilian deforestation will help. I mean, I think maps that document evidence of illegal deforestation will help provide data points and help bolster the demand for action to protect the rainforest. You can continue listening to the BBC podcast where we also discuss why did Tesla reach a trillion dollar valuation last month and what can be done about the proliferation of plastic bottles. One final note, I was delighted to see my alma mater, Wolfson College in Cambridge, organize its own COP26 conference and addressed the need for urgent adaptation and mitigation in their latest Wolfson review. Let's all try to adopt an action mindset on climate change. Thank you for listening to Fresh Dialogues. Check out many more interviews and calls to action on freshdialogues.com.